0: Yeah. Hey there. Welcome Mm. to Best Boys, a film podcast, an amateur film study podcast for the average Joe, the buffest buffs, and the cringest bingers. I'm your host, JP, and I'm joined by my brother, Professional
1: Hollywood
0: Videographer.
1: Oh my god! I never, like, I can, I never get used to that. <laughs> uh, I adding uh, the voice, adding the voice. I feel like
0: it, uh, it makes it, you know, extra funny.
1: Yeah, I, I like it. But I'm Corey with a story. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome um, back to this episode of the Best Voice. <laughs> the smash that like button. <laughs> smash that on. Uh <laughs>
0: Um, so we got a couple of films today. Uh This is a I don't know why I said that. It's I'm sorry, that was so funny. I'm sorry oh too God. to the listener. I'm sorry for saying that. But um but yeah. Uh hopefully I'm not peaking too hard today. Um no, but yeah, here we are. We here we are. We're here with a brand new episode of the B-Boys. And we got a couple of flicks, a couple of uh, sick flicks to talk about today. Directed by uh, the same person, uh, Chloe Zhao. Um, And uh, yeah, I've been wanting to see uh, uh, her films for a long time. Um, uh, I know Nomadland was uh, the winner of the Best Picture as well as Best Director and Best Actress. And I've been putting it on the back burner, and now I've given myself a reason to watch it because she's got a new film out, which is our first Marvel movie on the podcast. I know Corey's been waiting for this day a long time. Mm
1: -hmm. Honestly, this Mm -hmm. is
0: I got things to speak about because it's reawakened a bit of my nor a bit of normie and me. I reminded, (laughs) I'm reminded of. of what i uh like about it and because after being so long away um there are things that are still good about the superhero genre and uh you you heard it here first folks but we're gonna get into that in a bit so corey you got any updates for us i know you've been busy lately um working Uh, on things
1: this past wednesday uh finally started shooting uh the sequel trailer to uh, smooth pants titled rough pants um it was a lot of fun we got a lot of really cool stuff a lot of really just dumb ridiculous stuff um i don't know if this one is going to be funnier than the last one but it will definitely be why did they put so much production value into this will definitely be said i think um uh, yeah but it was, <laughs> it's why would you make this about this it is definitely what i'm going for and uh I don't, it was a good time. Everybody had a lot of fun. Ate a lot of pizza. Um, it's gonna be
0: a. It's a tough act to follow. Smooth pants. I know. Is uh, I kept saying
1: it was lightning in a bottle on the last one, and I. Uh, so
0: yeah. You, yeah, you I don't know, know if was we got milk, it this time. Might as well milk. milk that idea until it is. T- milk. Yeah. Until dust comes
1: out. If if this one does good, then I might do a, tr- uh, a third just to complete the pants trilogy. It's, yeah, but, of course, of course. Um, Why wouldn't you? But I'd like to move on from this to something else. To be honest, I think um, I'm running out of pants ideas. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Smooth pants, rough pants. What other, you know, what other textures are you gonna? What, what Silk pants. Here? Silk pants.
1: Silky pants. Well, that's I smooth. have an idea Silky for what is the smooth. third would be.
0: Silky is smooth.
1: Yeah, but it's that's a not different
0: good. That's not as good. <laughs> that's not as good. but Why? We'll workshopping it. Hey, we're, we can we'll oh, yeah. workshopping it. You know, that's that's not, no problem. But I'm glad to hear. That Rough Pants is uh is in the can in terms of production. You just uh, got to edit and whatnot. But I'm interested yeah. to see
1: how that wor- works out. The hardest part is going to be definitely the edit They're not the editing, the doing the score. I'm sampling uh some a score from a from a different movie, but I'm adding my own stuff to it. I'm trying to do a lot of it. Other than the sample, I'm trying to do a lot of it myself. So hopefully it won't be too, too challenging and I'll have to call on my... my uh, Musician friends to kind of help out with it, but I think list, it'll be good.
0: I've been listening to some John carpenter scores lately, and uh,
1: oh, yeah, it's honestly just, same, not like intentionally, but I've been watching a lot of the um, the red letter media John Carpenter list stuff, and they're just yes, talking about, his music, talk about so much. his
0: music a lot. Um, his scores are uh, they're very simple, but they're effective, and like, like mm-hmm. and then they end up being actually pretty cool uh, music in their own right beyond mm-hmm. just scores, which I guess is why he is able to tour and things now, but. But, yeah, it's cool. that's cool. It's interesting um but yeah, That'd be a good time yeah i'm I'm glad to give us make sure you give us plenty of updates about that um, but yeah, I think i'm are you ready to move uh move on to talking about these the guy dang, dang diggity dang flicks
1: yeah, let's get it rocking and a rolling certainly
0: so, so um uh, yeah, first, yeah, I figure it'd be best to to start with the the marvel movie and um. So as you know, I've been very hesitant to uh, engage in any Marvel discussions on this podcast because it's, you know, it's, uh, I ever think that is something that and I guess everyone can talk about, but um, we want to look beyond, beyond that level of, uh, of you know, the mega blockbuster popular movie, except for an instant like this where so, a, a filmmaker um, that already is in our uh, sphere of you know, what we're interested in right now is making a, a marvel their take on the big giant movie and uh, blockbuster theme park ride and uh and how that works out and this was a super interesting case study and what and what happens you know um seeing somebody at their creative uh, peak and you know winning an oscar and a mil a bunch of oscars and and then doing really well and then having their fall fo- this follow-up um giving the keys to the to the marvel castle with a big property maybe not the most well-known property but um still a team uh and uh yeah well, how did that turn out um what did you think about well first before we talk uh, before i get too ahead of myself um, where are you with your interest in superhero movies um, and your investment in the MCU to this point? Because I, I want to review these movie this movie as a film on its own without its connections to other things. For I think sure, that's what we have to do. Um, but I think understanding our own context and relationships with the MCU, I think, is important for our own mm. for understanding our own possible biases, takes, etc. But yeah, what do you? think? Go ahead with that.
1: So for me, I'm I was a huge Marvel fanboy for a while, uh, not just from comics, but not just the movies, but also for comics. Um, And I have seen, I religiously watched every single one in theater all the way through Endgame, and then. Uh, I saw Spider-Man Far From Home, and then after that, I kind of fell off. I, I got my Marvel fatigue. Uh, I haven't seen Shang-Chi yet, or Black Widow, but um, I heard Shang-Chi's good. I heard mixed things about Black Widow, but the uh, I've always been into the genre. I, always, I like the take of it, and I like with the DC stuff, too, it was like Christopher Nolan, the Batman movies kind of really set in motion of just like how to do superhero movies, like not just for like adults but just like for everybody more than just kids things more than just like the uh the they have gotten like, away from the christopher nolan
0: <laughs> style though the mcu is distinct oh for sure its own thing like because of the humor way they have the humor
1: and uh, yeah there's is like the um the more I, know, I guess not family friendly i guess would be the the term it definitely uh, less-
0: definitely family uh friendly maybe not as much mm. the, some more than others for sure mm. um but But yeah, I think family is a thing in mind. Movies for everybody are definitely how these films are made. Kind of similarly to the Transformers movies. There's like a little bit of that in there, but there's also, they're better than those. Like they're, they're, Mm. they are more consistent. Um, They're, I think, better crafted. And that's why they, it has had the staying power as it has. Even though I think that we are in the down, the decline. Of the you know the genre, um, mm-hmm. there's a really good uh, YouTube video. I know Cynical Historian did one, but I think I saw another one too. They documented the history of the superhero genre, and honestly, I would love to do a whole e- or they documented the history of the Western genre, and I we could do a whole episode mm-hmm. on this. Um, and it gets to a point. Where you know it, it, um, it's at its peak, and then it's like everything after that. The only big hits are like subversions and and mm-hmm. uh, like different twists on that. And then it gets to the point where the only the last hit that's a western of the, like in the 70s is Blazing Saddles, where it goes full circles, full circle into parody. Um, mm-hmm. and then beyond that, you don't see western hits other than random. Like one offs, you know, and mm-hmm. maybe a couple in the eighties, and like Tombstone in the nineties, and that's like about yeah. it. Um, and it's super interesting, in and a lot of people have theories that that similar trajectory is going to happen to superhero movies because it's probably the genre. Like sci fi has had waves, like seventies definitely a wave of sci fi, early eighties, um, but it doesn't. I don't think it had like the the. Density that westerns have in like this, mm-hmm. the 50s, 60s through the 70s. Um, and gangster films is probably what you would call the genre before the western probably took over. I'm sure that someone who knows classic films better could point out other things, but that's how my internal clock is like gangster film, western film, sci fi, uh, horror, and slashers in the 80s. Um and the like 90s is 80s then 80s and 90s is like action big action extreme. films extreme yeah extreme action films <laughs> and then um superhero films start to come on in the you know after the turn of the millennium um and then hit their peak in the 2010s
1: mm. um hey, I think but, the first Iron Man came out in like 08 and 08 uh, yeah
0: the, the Hulk is 08 I think and yeah. Iron Man's 09 something like that uh, I was just looking at them. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah. I've I've obviously been raised on superhero films. Um, oh, and I but I was gonna say that, it, uh, and I'm interested. I feel like we've hit that level of um, density. There's so many, so many of them at this point. The MCU has been going on for mm. a, over a decade now. Uh, we're going on 15 years of this, and we are on the we're at the point where we're ushering the next wave, um, and in sunsetting some of our older. Uh, actors in the in the thing, and it's it's interesting. But I I wonder, and I feel definitely that we are past the uh, shark jump point with, with the MCU, which is I think the MCU is now what's the core of keeping the genre mm. alive. Um, For you know, sure. What do you th- give me some thoughts about that? Um, yeah,
1: the I feel like. W- the way that the as more and more superhero fatigue kicks in, I uh, I think you see with like a testing the waters with the Disney Plus shows like Loki and WandaVision and all that. I could see as the the genre declines, a lot more stuff goes to show format, and then you do movies for the big things, the big one. Like, I I, um, I
0: think so too. I think cause that's what Star Wars seems to be dipping in um mm-hmm. as well. well. Sorry, you had something else you were going.
1: Um. I was going to say like that and uh the oh, I lost it but the All right. the way we doing? <laughs> Sorry.
0: Um so what but so we're at a point now where um the the heroes being used the stories being told are not as well known. So a lot of my investment in this. I'm uh here's just my brief history. I did I guess I did, I didn't elaborate on mine. I was really, really into the cartoons in the '90s. Um, that is yes. kind of my foundation for Marvel knowledge. And then when I got older, I was exposed to the, the comics. And once the internet was more of a thing, I could read um, the direct comics, and I could read the wikis of all the stories. And I so I got much more familiar with the uh, the universe at large. But I am by no means an expert in the comic universe. I've watched a lot of comics explained in the last, like, five years. Um, and uh, this, so I am super interested. One of my favorite things about the MCU is seeing how they're adapting characters and how they adapt stories and how they're going to incorporate things and how what they change and what they don't. Um, and uh, that's one of my favorite parts about it. And I can get into that beyond, you know, if the movie's not great, that can, like, lift it a little bit for me. I think those Netflix Marvel shows – daredevil was good but the other ones Mm kind of weren't that good but i liked them i liked them because i was interested in seeing the adaptations and the characters and there was there were good parts about them um and uh that's kind of where i'm at with this wave of the mcu so i in the last week have watched i have not i wanted to be fully caught up with the movies and i almost am i watched i i had been so I've been watching them in chunks and I always talk to people like the Marvel MCU is like watching the most expensive television program. When you, it's what sa- it is when you save them up and, and watch them in sequential order, that's literally what it is. It feels mm-hmm. like expensive doctor who like billion dollar <laughs> doctor who, um, or something like that. Like some fantasy show that's two parter, you know, hour two hour mm-hmm. show. And, uh, and so I watched Captain Marvel uh, recently. I watched Black Widow. I watched Shang Chi, and I think that's it. That's the only I don't. The only one I didn't see was the second Spider Man. Um, and I started it, but I just didn't get. I didn't finish it before the podcast.
1: You'll like that one. That Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio is awesome in that movie. I didn't. He's, wasn't that crazy about the
0: first one? And they said that it's not better than the first one. So uh, oh,
1: I I liked it significantly more than the first one. Oh okay um, okay okay.
0: Because, right, so, um, so I I want, I would just, all this is to say, I watched this Marvel MCU in waves. I watched the Mm. first, like, handful, maybe up to 10 in theaters, um, but then the rest of them I watched at home in binge fashion. Um, and, uh, there's, it's a different experience, and I think that was the way that I enjoyed it the most. I still love my favorites, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor Ragnarok I legitimately love Mm. as movies Um, it's not just because they're superhero related I think they're really cool and they also happen to be made by filmmakers that I really like and that I think is the perfect segue to explain why I wanted to do Eternals on this because You know, with a great when you have a great filmmaker involved, and not the like say the Russo brothers and or um, fuck Joss Whedon, but um, the people that have worked on the Avengers and the other successful Marvel ones aren't great filmmakers, Mm. but they're like people that are known for shit outside of Marvel is what I'm mainly talking about. James Gunn, um, Taika Waititi, Chloe Zhao, Mm. Um, that's what. So that's what I was interested in this.
1: Yeah, it reminds me of because um, Marvel started doing the picking the indie directors to to, to be brought up in these big budgets. reminded me like when Colin Trevorrow uh, he did Safety Not Guaranteed, and then he got hired yeah. on directly after that to yeah. Jurassic World, which was this like multi or like hunt two hundred million dollar movie. Um, and the way Marvel seems to do it is to like give them a platform to like get their name and recognition out but like kevin feige seems to still be very hands-on and shaping the way that these movies are yeah
0: uh, he's he's like the director are of supposed the, to be
1: made of the whole like thing like, he's trying it's, I it's think like he's like a showrunner
0: he's in yeah essentially that is exactly what his role is like you have a director of the episode but you yeah. have a showrunner who's guiding the whole thing but honestly this f- film feels like that the, the the director got to do had a little more leeway than i think i was gonna say films. that uh um, so
1: they is uh because this is kind of it's phase four of the marvel universe and so this is something brand new and it's complete not completely but it's for the most part this whole story is disconnected from the rest of the the mcu other than the fact that it takes place in the universe the same universe or whatever, but because this is setting up the giant cosmic thing or whatever, I, guess, I was uh, reading a couple of interviews, and I guess Chloe Zhao was given significant creative freedom to kind of do what she wanted on this, uh, which is rare on these Marvel films.
0: Um, Yeah, and it shows because there's a lot different about it. This is, like, the most different... It has, like, brief moments that feel like, oh, this is a Marvel movie, where the way they're handling the humor or mm-hmm. um, the way these scenes are set up. Um, but there's a lot of the way this movie is edited and shot. That feels not like a Marvel movie at all. Mm -hmm. Like it feels like it's its own thing. And like the costuming, um, the, just the whole narrative structure. Um, the only thing that feels like a Marvel movie is the CGI monster villains. And this Mm -hmm. is a DC thing too. Uh, um, that was probably the only thing that seemed the same, uh, from it. And there's like the references to the greater universe at large. And obviously we, the, the, um, the, uh, post-credit scenes are always the connective tissue, um, to the movies, to the, the world at large. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, I re- I think this is the worst film of the new phase. Uh, of the fourth mm-hmm. phase. And I don't know if Captain Marvel counts, but I'm counting it my own mm-hmm. because I didn't watch it. I watched it with these other movies. I watched yeah. Eternals, Captain Marvel, black widow and Shang Chi all in this week. And I think Shang Chi is the best of the four. And I would say that this may be the worst, but black widow also might, uh, it's black widow is like the reverse opposite where it is all formula all safety, all like mm. the same shit that we've been doing in every Marvel movie. Um, shit, dumb basic villain. Uh, that yeah, this is not like that. It's not bad for the same reasons, but there's yeah. something about it. Like I could see somebody liking Black Widow more because it is more form. It it fits to the formula much more, whereas mm. this doesn't. And that, but the the issues with this is, it is, with for me. Is big. It is grand. It is epic because it's supposed to be, you know, the epic of Gilgamesh. Yeah. There's all this talk about mythologies, and this story takes place over mil, like a million years, like since dinosaurs and cavemen, and uh, and it's you know it's got references to 2001: A Space Odyssey and like the mo- like the with the the way their ship looks, it looks just like mm-hmm. the not just like, but very reminiscent of the monolith from 2001. Like there are so many cool ideas. But ultimately it just doesn't work and it doesn't work for me it uh feels big and grand but it ultimately feels hollow and empty um and uh yeah i'm very i was very disappointed um i saw some reviews beforehand uh, so i was like prepared um, for it. And it wasn't quite as excruciating to me as last night in Soho, but maybe because I was like super mm-hmm. frustrated when I was watching that movie versus I was like a blank canvas for this. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, this did not work for me. Uh, um, it, it did not work. It wasn't terrible. It was, it wasn't terrible, but I would not want to watch this again in a theater without being able to play on a game or on my phone or something.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could agree with that. The uh, Well, I, I think I liked this a little more than you did, for sure. Um, definitely liked it a lot better than Last Night in Soho. Last Night in Soho, I felt bored for most of the movie. This movie, I didn't feel bored, but I also just didn't feel like excitement. Like I, I liked uh, a lot of the characters I liked, thought the cast was very well done. Um, I liked most and of I, the I, cast, yeah. Yeah, and I liked a lot of the themes that they were going for and the setup of it, but it was just... Um, you know it's this is a product of a movie that is way longer than it needs to be and i get i think i think that in and granted i don't know this but i'm i'm assuming that all this extra runtime and padding to flesh up backstory and all that was in you know in the in the editing bay was probably seemed as like creating a lot of this like dense character development but really i feel like it's just it's just half our big grand set piece. And then a couple of people just dancing and very minute, small things happen rather than like actually getting to follow each individual character to go a little like more in depth in how they are and stuff. And they, cause at the end of the movie, they touch along a lot about everyone's morality and, and, and where they stand with things. And like, I was like, that's cool. And that should have been more, uh, prevalent. Like you get bits of it with Druig and in, in parts of the film, but, um, just, oh, the our, boy part,
0: Barry, just... our boy Barry, our boy. I want to. Yeah. We'll talk about the cast, but our boy Barry, mm. our spaghetti yeah, boy, yeah. our spaghetti yeah. boy. Oh my! I,
1: I loved him in this. To be he's, honest,
0: he's one of the best parts. Um, I mean, mm. a, a lot of the the cast is good. Um, before I get dive into the cast, uh, the, I just while I'm thinking about it, there, I think one of the big issues with this movie. About about two-thirds of the way through the film, know, late second act, maybe beginning of the third act, around that time, they are all having conversations on the ship, and it's just like one person walk into this room having a conversation. They walk out. The other one about like, oh, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about this? Yeah. And they just keep doing it. They keep talking, and the ship, and it's like everything looks the same. It's this brown, ugly-ass fucking uh, obelisk mm-hmm. ship um i like the way it looks on the outside but on the inside it was not visually pleasing um and uh yeah it's just like these conversations that were about you know are we gonna what are we gonna do we gonna listen to ash or or i forget the name of the celestial um erisham Are we gonna listen to erisham we gonna follow them are we gonna what about icarus icarus is so strong and he we can't stop icarus and fucking uh chameleon and johnny's character just like ah just I, leave. i'm just going to leave the movie i'll see y'all later
1: <laughs> yeah that was so weird like that was supposed to be like the and he's like, got his human sidekick
0: but... he's got his human Sorry, he's got his human sidekick and he's just like fuck you <laughs> i don't care if you die <laughs>
1: which sucks because that guy was so like he was the best part of like the best levity in the whole movie was the valet Mm -hmm. Um, yes yes but he's not uh
0: yes he was he was good and he was kind of like um there's always like the corg and meek you got your corg and Mm -hmm. meek you got your ben kingsley from shang chi if you saw that uh, I haven't seen Shang. Oh my god, Ben Kingsley was cracking back. me up. Oh, Trevor Slattery, I think, was the name of his character yeah, from yeah. Iron Man 3. He comes back. Because well, here's a spoiler alert. Shang-Chi, the villain of Shang-Chi, is the Mandarin, the real Mandarin.
1: Because yeah. you remember
0: how Ben Kingsley was an actor playing the Mandarin. Yeah, yeah, Iron yeah. Then they did that uh, I never liked one one shot. I hated that about but this this like takes a shitty idea and it makes it so good so mm. good so good Sorry, yeah, i
1: can't wait to see it It's looks that, really good but anyway
0: so you know that how i must feel about this movie if i can't help but talk about another marvel movie while during it
1: um, <laughs> um no, i get it i get it i mean i um there's so many i i don't know, I, have a, I have so many notes on this movie but um and I, i'm just gonna throw this is a side thing i'm just gonna throw out there but halfway through this movie or not halfway through i'm sorry halfway through the final fight scene um I just couldn't stop thinking of the power rangers reboot. Um, if you know what I'm talking about, I didn't the, see uh, it, but all, I don't see it. All of the costumes are just bright, colorful. They all look like power rangers during this. Yeah, fight scene, they do it,
0: their costume. I hate the costumes.
1: <clears throat> yeah. I hate it, Ajax.
0: It, it, um, I, hate, yeah. I hated her costume probably the most,
1: Um uh, <laughs> boob army,
0: boob armor galore. Um, uh,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> um, not even galore, but mainly I guess just Thina had boob armor. It's just Salma Hayek. Okay, all right, listen, right, let's, let's rip this bandaid off. I don't know if Salma <laughs> Hayek is a good actress. Interesting. And I I've seen her be in things, and she's used to her talents well, but nine times out of ten, she delivers lines identically from each other
1: yes she is a uh a one trick pony like you you hire her for for what she does not to get her to mold into, and well a different
0: one, one this movie's just all milfs and dilfs you know it's just
1: that's what me and kylie said it's it's just... all just beautiful people yeah out.
0: i mean and, and like older beautiful people uh um and like i guess um richard madden and camille and johnny aren't that old but they're getting older and i think people keep associating uh Kamala and Johnny's, you know, Chad, Chad upgrade, uh, like, you know, he looks a lot older. He doesn't look boyish anymore. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's the, and like Richard Madden, he's from Game of Thrones. He's got like gray streak in his hair and he, he looks a little, a little more distinguished, um, a little more seasoned. Um, or no, in the in the fucking a, the Gilgamesh, who is the coolest, my favorite of the whole team, yeah, hands down. My and I was well. so fucking pissed off when he was killed. I was like, good for you, Marvel, to fucking uh, like if you, you can't introduce all these characters, without, like killing somebody, like mm-hmm. thank. But why did you kill the coolest one?
1: I <laughs> he's just, he's the he's the 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 best part of the the cast in my opinion like he's he's His funny but he's also is strong and yeah, yeah he's, it, is great. he's he's the subtle like not a lot of dialogue but what he does say lands perfectly uh the relationship between him and thena was was good i like that um yeah pissed off it's like the it's like they were like you know what we've realized this is the this is our best player let's just kill him off to just piss everybody off let's game of thrones it just fucking
0: yeah yeah, oh. yeah maybe that's what they're trying to do because they have half of the game of thrones they have two game of thrones actors and then a character's name cersei so we have to mm. listen to the game of thrones actors say a game of thrones character's name and boy does it fuck with me throughout this movie <laughs> cersei <laughs> and like it's of course it's like their mortal enemy in the show mm-hmm. but they're both in love with with cersei okay, let's go through the cast um because yeah. this is a big team, and with big teams, um, it is really hard to introduce to like give everyone time. Guardians of the Galaxy is a small team was like five, five or five people, right? Big um, five. So you could and like Fantastic Four even has problems with this, but Guardians was able to do it with five, but this is like this is like a ten person team. Um and it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. You can't give everyone screen time. They actually don't give ever. They give people screen time installments. They like give us the first wave, and then mm. we see some, but we don't get any explanation. And um, and then once a couple die off, then we get, <laughs> and then we get the next uh, wave. You know? We learn more about Faistos after Gilgamesh dies. Mm. Before we get too deep, oh but yeah, sorry, I was talking about the cast. So Cersei is played by Gemma Chan. Um, apparently Gemma Chan was also in Captain Marvel. She played one yeah. of the the Cree uh, team. Um, I didn't I didn't realize that. Um, Richard Madden, who is from Game of Thrones, plays Icarus. Um, Command and Johnny is Kingo. Um. Oh, so Icarus can fly and shoot beams out of his eyes, but everyone says that he's stronger than everyone else. But it is not illustrated in the film. No, he's, really. he struggles
1: with like the regular deviants That everyone's struggling with. So yeah. It's, I don't know. It's, the power scaling in this movie was weird at the end.
0: Commandment uh, and Johnny is Kingo, uh, who is a, uh, he's like an Indian Bollywood star. Apparently the, the comic book character is a samurai. Uh, who's a samurai actor All, he also plays a samurai in samurai films so that's what they they did that with the bollywood thing um obviously kameon and johnny is super likable um i like that his character had like the spirit gun thing um i mm-hmm. don't know if i don't think the comic book character does that they just gave him the a spirit gun and i thought that was cool hey, obviously his sidekick uh i don't remember the character's name but he's hilarious um that's it. Oh,
1: uh, I had it, and I lost it. Um, uh, I but, yeah. but I will say about Kingo, I don't like how small... Like, they made his little finger gun things look so unintimidating and puny. Like, everything he does is a small little ball that shoots out, and it ends up not being a big explosion, and I just kind of felt like, like, oh, man. I had, I, had had no, I had no girl. feel for his power. <laughs> I no feel for his power at all. Um I was... This so dude just got jacked for this role for him to get these little pebble balls to shoot at people. Yeah, his power uh, I,
0: have least, I have the least like feel for. Of, I mean, of the mm-hmm. movie. Um, but I wanted to talk about the Bollywood scene. Because it was one that is, was hyped um, as f- one of the funny parts. And I was expecting you know Kimon and Johnny. Uh, this is going to be funny as fuck. Or just going to be cool and fun energy. And the mm-hmm. way it was edited was very flat. It wasn't that fun. It was like, yeah, we saw that he was on a Bollywood set, but it was just like, I thought we were going to see like the editing through the camera lens and it wasn't Mm. edited at all. It was just like a stage and they were just dancing and we might've saw a pan or something, but it wasn't Mm. really like, uh, I thought there could have been way more energy in that scene and it could have been a lot more fun and it was kind of flat
1: that could be said about a lot of scenes in this movie
0: that's how i that's that this is a microcosm of how all the action feels um mm-hmm. the action in the forest scene is better than the action in the ending for some yep, reason yep the I forest so scene is probably one scene. of the better better parts of the movie cuz honestly it was super cool when they were having a long boring conversation and all of a sudden just a fight breaks out in the middle of this conversation with no hint whatsoever um mm-hmm. that was really good choice. Like there's so many interesting choices that are cool, that are different. And honestly, mm-hmm. I'm afraid that people's reaction to this film will discourage um inno- innovation innovative choices in the future. Mm-hmm. Um that's my biggest issue with this. Is I there are there are good decisions and they are different than the norm uh as far as Marvel films and I just worry that Marvel will have a uh, overcompensating reaction to it um to this being considered a failure if it is considered a failure i don't know
1: yeah i i agree with that the a lot of this this movie to me at times it feels like multiple movies at once like there's so many parts that feel like oh this feels like a straight up disney movie and parts of it and then there's parts that, oh this kind of feels like a marvel movie and then there's parts that like i'm getting the chloe zhao vibe out of this um uh, like from seeing no man land and it just kind of, but it doesn't work cohesively together. It's, it's, uh, and the way that it is edited, it's, it's all of the runtime is dedicated to these big, uh, boring set pieces. And I hate to say boring cause I, I did like the movie, but it is a little boring. Um, uh, set pieces of just people like do talking for 20 minutes, something that could have been done in like five to 10. Uh, and it's just, you have that, that, piles on and on and then you get the forest action scene and you're like all right this is setting the tone for the action which i i did enjoy i thought it was really good and it's our first time seeing like a big team up um of everybody in the present day um but then you get towards like the other the rest of the action scenes in the movie just like it's it's like oh we're running out of time you know what? we should just cut these short i want to save the preserve the character development big scenes and just yeah, the action's just the afterthought or something. It's just, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, just don't know. Work.
0: I feel like there's too much talking. And I don't mean, like, it feels like the scenes where the Avengers are on the ship and they're, like, they're planning and mm-hmm. they're talking and they're trying to figure out what to do. But it just, like, it is like that, but it doesn't, it isn't as, energy. I don't know, there's no energy. And because we don't know these mm-hmm. characters, we don't have a history, we don't have a whole movie of them kicking ass to, to be okay with just seeing them bullshit for a little bit. Um, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If it was if it was interesting and substantive, I would be fine with it. It It's just it was boring to look at the colors of this movie. As much as the suits are colorful, I feel like there's a washed out coloring to this versus Mm. um, other other Marvel movies. The the color pops and stuff like the Babylon scenes. Boy, did I love mm-hmm. the way that they did the walls of Babylon. It looked very much yeah. like Age empires um <laughs> the, with the coloring and everything. I loved it. Yeah. Um but uh but yeah, I don't I don't know. It was it felt a little washed out, but it really wasn't a problem. It was just the aesthetic of it and um there's so much time spent to be- on the characters and I was interested in them, but it was like the, des- the decisions like Sprite. Sprite was one of the more interesting characters. And they gave Sprite more screen time than like most of the team mm-hmm. um, up to like fucking Icarus. And um, and her story was interesting. Her character's interesting because she's forever young and blah, blah, blah. But I did not like the decision like for her to just not bonk. Um, Cersei on the head
1: and or stab her.
0: That's what she did. She stabbed. Yeah. Her. And, yeah. Uh, I,
1: I did not like her character.
0: I liked her, and then but I, I liked her until the arc as a whole. I did not like it.
1: Yeah, I was like, because it's like she the, the actress did a great job of doing just kind of like the bratty kid kind of thing, uh, and it, it works for most of it. But yeah, when she just when Icarus is like, yeah, fuck you guys, I'm out and then she's just like i'm going with you out of nowhere it just like we it know felt, that it, it she liked earned. him but it did not feel earned did. no it felt forced it was just like well icarus needs we need to divide the team somehow so um there's a lot sprite, of exposition. on her oh it's way too much that's the thing it's like all exposition no character development uh, that
0: um, the, yeah that's the problem that's the problem it's a lot of telling and not showing um, everything is telling and not showing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, even a text crawl at the beginning of the film. And now I, mm-hmm. after our, our, with our, our journey this far, when I see a text crawl at the beginning of the film, if it ain't Star Wars, I assume that it's, that it's going to be bad. Because <laughs> not even not, it is.
1: Uh, yeah, some yeah, I agree. Sometimes it's I didn't mind the text crawl on this one because a lot of people have no idea who or what the Eternals are. And granted, showing it would have been better, but I I didn't mind this one because it was short, sweet, and to the point. Um, and just the very minimum you needed to know what was happening, and then it just got on with it. But it it, um, it would
0: be fine if there wasn't even there was just constant exposition throughout the film. So yeah. yeah. My uh, relating this back to Sprite is uh come on and johnny kingo is like just tells the uh, tells the audience that sprite has a crush on icarus because she's like mm-hmm. looking at him weirdly and that's how we know and then he tells the group and and then that's that's pretty much it and then she just that's the explanation for why she leaves later and then he and like he even leaves and it's just it's yeah fucking weird uh it just it didn't work did not work
1: um, I also, they also did that scene with Kumail when he leaves, right before he leaves, he's like, uh, he tells to Icarus, he's like, you know, I'll follow you all the way to the end. Like I always have, which is also what, uh, he said to Ajax, uh, Icarus said to Ajax, but uh, it, it doesn't really explain why they have the same like line of dialogue, like what the connection was there because they all have their memories wiped after every planet is is done and everything. So it just, I don't know, it didn't. It, why isn't everyone saying that line or is it just Kumail connected to Ajack or something or I don't know it was just those a little things like that like I feel like that are sprinkled throughout this movie that just kind of have a disconnect
0: yes um, yes and it, and like it'd be fine if it there was more showing so it was more up to my interpretation of, of what I'm seeing and and mm-hmm. hearing but it's just it's all just exposited and it's this is what it is this is what it is um mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought Richard Madden's perform. I want uh, to, the Richard Madden's performance as Icarus, I didn't think was, he was a little wooden. Um, I thought Kit Harington as the Black Knight, who is not the Black Knight yet, Um, I thought he was, a- he- we kind of got snow-dogged with him, they kind of made it seem like he Black Knight was going to be Black Knight in the movie. Yeah, um, I
1: also just didn't like Kit Harington in this movie. I thought he, uh, I
0: well, I thought he was fine, but then it was just weird. He didn't even need to be in the movie; that no. he was only in the movie to set up a future movie. And these yep. are the kinds of things that, when you have a, a, a universe that you have, have to, to devote, with. you have to devote minutes of your movie and plot time mm. and try to make it work in a cohesive way. the The whole three way relationship with Cersei and them two was flat as fuck. It sucked. Yeah.
1: Because like you don't you all you get between the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie is a five second FaceTime with with Kit Harington that ends because of a net uh, the call gets dropped and it's it's dumb there's no uh, he didn't there's nothing ended. there I don't I don't care like no one needs to care uh, but also I also just felt like his performance was like the way that they had him perform I should say because I know he's a good actor um, was just it just felt like forced goofy forced kind of like quirky guy trying to be like, it felt like it's it's
0: trying to be Marvel and it didn't work. It was, that was like the one thing that this was trying to be Marvel. And Mm -hmm. honestly, the beginning of the movie was the most, like not the beginning, but the part with Kit Harington and they were in Mm -hmm. with the monster, the deviant. That was probably the most Marvel feeling part of the whole movie to me, in my opinion. Um, just with like them joking and running and, and fighting a little bit. And, um, it's just like the the Kit Harrington was our outsider perspective. I, all of these Marvel movies usually have an average Joe in the group mm. to be that the the normal person's perspective. Shang Chi had Katie. Um, if you did, if you saw that, I used to you didn't see that. That's um, Aquafina. Aquafina, yeah, plays Katie. So like, uh, or um, what's the kid in uh in Spider Man?
1: Spider Man. Oh oh yeah. Uh, I think his is Ed or ned ned
0: ned yeah ned every movie has not every but almost all of them have a ned um, Kat dennings, kind of cat dennings cat dennings and thor um yep. or whatever but like at least in the early ones you maybe not in the sequels you need it but in the early ones you do and kit harrington yeah. is that but he's only in the beginning and the end so we lose we lose that perspective if that's mm-hmm. what is a necessary part of the genre i don't know a trope of the genre so we lose that, and it just feels unnecessary for him to even be in the film at all.
1: Agreed. I hundred percent agree. I I felt nothing, got nothing, and when the post credit scene with him is in there, I cared not at all. I was like, this is what the post credits is about. Like I, I the second or the 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 second post credit scene is better. I like but the blade
0: is- thing. Uh, I like the blade. Well, thing. I didn't even
1: know that was blade until I read it at home. Uh, I just
0: knew that Maharshala Maharshala Lee uh, is blade and i know his voice because i love them. yeah i, I love him
1: i was like I, it was such a quick line and it cut to black so soon that i like i couldn't catch that it was him until uh i read it at home but uh i'm because excited for that blade knows blades i guess um yeah
0: <laughs> so uh, let me go through the rest of the cast we talked about kingo we talked about icarus we talked about sprite we didn't sprite can make illusions um and uh She's kind of like uh, she. There's a lot of um, connections to mythology and religion. Uh, there's like a motif of like um, the stories that we tell, and like a lot of the character Gilgamesh and and Icarus, like they're all they're characters in mythology, and apparently Sprite is the one who like m- helped craft these myths and use them in it. I
1: thought that was neat. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a lot. I guess. Every character is a reference of something in there. I guess, like, Makari is Mercury. Obviously, Athena is Athena. Um, and, like, the other... like everybody Yeah, they're related to connection. gods.
0: Yeah, they're related to, like, yeah, mythology. And they're supposed to be, like, gods. Um, and, mm-hmm. like, they portray them uh, living amongst, you know, regular people and helping regular people. So they would have probably been viewed as demigods or gods by them um F- brian tyree henry plays face um brian tyree henry i love from atlanta so i was really mm. i'm just always i'm just glad to see brian tyree henry because he's a great actor i did mm. i i don't know how i felt about his role i felt like uh, he's, a, he's apparently the first gay uh superhero in the mcu which was cool mm. um they didn't overdo it or anything it was just an just an element of the story he had a family um yeah and, Most tastefully uh, done. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, I thought his his performance was good. I thought his performance was good. The character was fine. Um, the, the his whole crafting weapons thing was kind of a plot device for, or like his he's a tinkerer, and it, it's kind of a plot device for how the end how they beat the how they stop the end of the world or whatever. But uh, it was good. But he wasn't one of my favorites, though. I thought he was gonna be one of my favorites, and he wasn't. Uh, makari, really he, he he i'll say he's my top like three or four uh, let's go through him and i'll give you my tops I'm sorry sorry all uh, right you're you're good you're good makari uh was i love makari she's deaf um so i wanted to go through the cast they actually they gender swap they changed a lot of these original characters sprite was a bull bo- is a boy kingo is a was a samurai instead of an indian i think i don't know if he's actually japanese or if he's just an actor who plays a samurai um faistos is obviously not gay, but he is African American. Makari is a white man. That is not deaf, I'm pretty sure. Ajak is also a white man. Uh <laughs> Icarus is blonde. Uh but yeah. Um I know druig isn't on isn't on here, but I think druig is just like an old an older guy. Older white man. Um so they did they they made an effort to make this team more diverse and i think that it was for the better um mm-hmm. you, you this team would not have worked on screen if it would have been as it was I and mean, only one you know one or two women um and almost everybody uh, all white almost everybody white there isn't thankfully at least one black character in whatever kingo is i don't know the character's ethnicity but uh i think it was good it's just um uh, uh, yeah, I think it was good. I think it was fine. Um, and, I was going to uh, say,
1: I feel with Makari, um, she's absent for a good 70% of this movie. She doesn't it feels appear until
0: like. the second half. I was like, how I was saying that they introduced pe- the characters in installments. Yeah. She was with the wave with Faistos. Sorry, I jumped on you.
1: Yeah, but even when she does get her screen time, I just feel it was like the. And this is going to, I don't know how this is going to sound, but I feel like because she doesn't speak they gave they gave her less screen time is how i kind of took no, away from it and I, which i didn't I, like i didn't feel I, that I,
0: way i didn't feel that I, way
1: like she has her awesome moment fighting icarus which was super badass she's probably
0: the just, strongest one out of all like power wise cuz you think about how yeah. strong
1: the flash is in dc <clears throat> if she's the same <throat> if she's
0: equal to the flash the flash can do crazy shit
1: yeah, and um, she also wears the red suit like The Flash, which was a bit on the nose. Macari
0: uh, also wears red in the comics. Oh, gotcha. I have oh, a picture, gotcha. right. I I mean, have a picture up that, on the screen.
1: That makes um, sense. But I, I wanted more from her. I, I liked the, especially the, the the Druig and Macari relationship thing that they teased at. It was like you sh- I would have – because I like those two characters. I would have rather – They were, my, they were probably –
0: they're probably two of my favorites. I thought she was fine. Like they introduced her later, but then I felt like they gave her moments that she was like interjecting. She couldn't have, she wasn't having full conversations with mm-hmm. anybody, but she would always be interjecting and, and giving it mm. to her take. And I thought it was fine. I thought she was a good character. And I think because how she's utilized like with her strengths a lot. And mm. like she apparently she likes to steal shit. Um, she has like the ship is full of artifacts that she's stolen over the years. Um, and I thought that was cool. I don't know. I liked her. I maybe thought she could have been used more. I can agree with that, but I I liked her. She was probably one of my favorites. Yeah,
1: um, I just wanted more of her. The, yeah, I guess that's what she it has. Is. She has the best action sequence in the entire movie, though, of any of the characters. She's hand, probably she's opinion, the only
0: one who could fight with what's his name, Dicarus. Uh, um, Dicarus. Uh, next is Druig who is also probably one of my favorites, played by our boy, our Spaghetti Boy, Barry Keoghan um our spaghetti okay. boy is awesome apparently his power is that he can control people um and he can stop like he can stop them from fighting or he can do, make them do whatever they want but he usually makes them do peaceful things so he there's this one there's a million i don't think we've been clear about this but the narrative of this film is very much tarantino'd where it is uh maybe not like you get the end first or something like that but it's it's out of order um, we get flashbacks well we don't it's not even a flashback technically because we are just jumping around in time throughout the film and then eventually yeah. the film kind of just settles a- into the present day for the rest of the movie um which we we didn't talk about that but I feel like it kind of do you think that worked i this is the grand just, this is what makes the movie feel grand is the time yeah
1: it's because uh, it's like, well, you have every single character, I feel like, that gets introduced. Then you have a, the, the the flashback moment, which really is just 20 minutes of the past. But then you just get an exposition. D- like, you get the grand scale of it. And just because, like, the set design and, the, and how they shot it, the world feels massive and everything feels big. But then you just got 20 minutes more of just more exposition dumping. And then you go back to the present for more exposition dumping. And it's just, I don't yeah, it just feel felt like, like it expansion. worked. But apparently, Drew it was like, cool.
0: Druig got pissed off. They got in a big fight over a th- over Thina because her, her her. We'll we'll talk about her in a second. She's probably also one of my favorites. Um, mm. But he then he just like takes this village of people we're not kind of clear i think we're in a we're in mexico still but it doesn't the terrain doesn't look mexico to me i'm not a, i'm mm. not i've never been there
1: it looks like the aztec pyramids in the background but the, yeah it looks like it's also very forest like forest it looks yeah, like a like a sense. forest
0: so i wasn't sure i'm just not familiar enough with the local terrain but mm. um i wasn't clear on that but apparently the, he stayed in that area and made those people stay live in peace for since, you know, since thousands mm-hmm. or hundreds of years. And uh so he's kind of like got a cult. They're they're literally a cult. They they dress like a cult. They have like little houses and huts um and they, you know, he's the cult leader is kind of what they're doing with it. And it gives them a little bit of like this is wrong like that you're doing this and you need to let mm-hmm. these people go and be free and he eventually does. But uh it was it was like one of the more interesting like things to grapple with about this guy's morality and powers. And Mm -hmm. obviously his performance is great. Um, So it just adds a lot of weight to what is happening. And he doesn't want any of them fucking with him, but he realized, you know, if people are taking out Eternals that he could be next or whatever. Um,
1: I loved his performance in this because it felt like a matured version of his character from killing of a sacred deer. Spaghetti boy. He's essentially being a god, in both oh yeah Uh,
0: yeah I didn't even think about that he's already played a god before
1: yeah so I I the whole time I was like man they just they were it's like Chloe Zhao was just like watched Killing of a Sacred Deer cast and was like I just want this but you know kind of grow up a little bit and uh and that's but it's great. It works totally for them. The cult thing is uh is, is super cool the uh although for some reason so he he talks to the cult people through his mind and also in their language but then when he breaks them free of his mind thing to run he yells at them in english and they understand him and run and that i did that's another one of those little i i, I like,
0: think it's like this his till up if it's all telepathically done i don't think it matters it's just like that the the, the sentiment not necessarily mm-hmm. the language that it's set in i did that didn't bother me but i could see that being a, being something to note
1: just little um, things like that that are just that are slightly breaking for me, very slightly.
0: So let's we got we probably need to wrap the up on this movie, but I want to talk about um, Gilgamesh and Thena because their relationship is one of the interesting things in the movie. Thena, so we find out that the Eternals go from planet to planet, um, you know, per, basically steward. They're the stewards over this um, a celestial that is the, the planets are eggs for the celestial and they watch over the planet until it's ready to hatch. And, uh, they get their minds wiped after every time. And Angelina Jolie's character, Athena, um, there's something that's gone wrong with the mind wiping process. So she remembers her m- brain is getting all fucked up from all the shit she remembers. And, uh, she's going crazy and she attacks the other Eternals all the time. And, uh gilgamesh is like her partner and takes care of her and you know and uh, tries to keep her in check and he's like all oh, his power is that he can just punch really hard i guess uh <laughs> it is and- confirmed
1: though i looked up he is supposed to be the strongest in the group like physically strongest in the group
0: then yeah he could, then if he would have lived uh him and fucking makari could have could have beat him easily easily um Looped all over him I don't even remember what Ajax power, I don't know what, if it's just, just healing, healing, but all we know yeah. in the movie is it's just healing. I don't know what the the comic is, but but yeah, they I love their relationship. I feel like Angelina Jolie she, she got a lot of visual screen time, but I feel like she didn't talk a lot in the movie, and mm. I thought her performance though was really good and just reminded me like I think people have been sleeping on Angelina Jolie cuz she hasn't been hasn't been in a lot of great movies. Um she's last, been
1: directing a lot more lately um uh the last but five but years all, or
0: so but like she's been yeah a, she hasn't been a part of a lot of hits and uh i think it's harder uh a little bit but this was a reminder to me that she can act and she still looks great uh and
1: uh yeah she should be in flicks
0: so do you have anything yeah, you want to say s-
1: about them Real quick, I was gonna say about Angelina Jolie. It, just pr- you, it's one of those castings that you're like, it's surprised to see them that kind of person in an in a Marvel movie, especially one that because she's a surviving character, so now she will be in more Marvel movies. Um, Depends. But so they have to like they
0: ha- they don't have to bring everybody back, but they they probably will. Try. The way that
1: that ends with the in with the um the post credit scene, 100, percent she's gonna be back because with Harry Styles showing up at the end. Uh, oh yeah. <clears throat> the um, but it was yeah. I thought she yeah, it was really good. I it looked like she like didn't phone it in. She took this like everything seriously and 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 delivered a really great performance. I thought. Um, but yeah, we we haven't seen her in a lot lately because she took a break to start directing stuff. And unfortunately, the, a lot of the stuff she's been directing has been really bad, I guess uh, review wise. But uh, like you say yeah, it's great to see her back, and hopefully, this is more of a kickoff to just get her in more films again. I just saw a really
0: interesting note that this is completely random, but it honestly inspires me to talk about something. Chloe Zhao cited that the TV series Ancient Aliens, the Final Fantasy video game series, concept from Yuval Noah Harari's book Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind, and the films of Terrence Malick as inspirations for this film. Mm. Um, Terrence Malik is somebody that we have on the list and we really want to do- dive into so that's interesting but the Final Fantasy video games is what jumped out to me because there was straight up a moment where the hand was coming out of the ground there was a, when Macari was running all around trying to find where the the thing was there there was it was really cg but it was honestly super stylized at one point like it was Mm -hmm. really like it looked i straight up thought to myself this looks like final fantasy like the clouds and the hand Mm -hmm. and the way it was like curled like it looked like that art design of just that moment and it's really interesting because i could see some of like the epic ideas and like the, the cosmology. There's a lot of JRPGs in the nineties, uh, are like very cosmic and draw on mm-hmm. big religious kind of ideas, uh, like science and religion mixed kind of things. And I definitely see that. I definitely see that this is like, there's so much interesting parts of this that I feel like there could have been a really great movie in here. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, it was, it's just a disappointment.
1: Um, i agree 100 yeah i think that there is a good move uh, uh there for sure is a good movie here i i uh i don't think while this could be looked at as, as a misstep for for the marvel films i don't think it should be from the executives and, and if anything it should be more like learn from the little bit of mistakes learn from, from the it, mistakes but, uh, definitely uh, encourage learn from it because it felt good it felt different which was nice it didn't feel like formulaic um but I. This is my last note that I had written down that I definitely want to talk to you about. Okay. Um. And this was for Icarus's character. Chloe Zhao's inspiration for Icarus is Zack Snyder's Superman from Man of Steel one.
0: Oh my god! I I totally thought that. I totally <clears throat> totally thought that
1: that they were going yeah. for like he is
0: a god and he's so strong. Like I was like, um, it was almost like uh, Omni Man or Homelander. Uh, Omni-Man from Invincible, sorry, yeah, uh, or uh, Homelander from The Boys. Like, they are, like, these. even though there's other superheroes, they are Superman level. They are so strong. They are so much stronger than everyone that they could literally kill anyone on Earth. And Mm. that's, like, what they're trying to do with Icarus, but it's just the power is not illustrated. Um, And that is why it doesn't have the impact of that.
1: Um, I actually just see that on the the Wikipedia now. Yeah, she said it left us left a strong impression and felt it was very authentic. And I real. think
0: that the the idea behind the um, Superman for Zack Snyder is one of the most one of the strongest things about it. Um, Agreed, that's
1: my favorite part about it. Is it's the just, concept is the, and conceptually yeah.
0: is a great idea.
1: Um, the internal conflict of just what is your role in all of this and and like should you do anything or whatever like it, you're constantly just like fighting with yourself and what, what is your purpose? You know, I, I love that.
0: Um, all right. So before we wrap up on this, I did want to mention there, the villain, the, this film suffers with, uh, an issue with a lot of Marvel movies is that there is too many villains and they're unclear and inconsistent. So I guess, uh, uh, well, not Ash. I keep calling him Ashram, the, uh, Erisham. Uh, and uh, it's kind of set up as not necessarily the villain, but like, this is the guy. You have to stop this thing from happening. Um, mm. And then we also find that the deviants are villains. And we, there's a leader of the deviants that's uh, named, we don't get his name at all, but apparently his name Crow, who's based no. on a comical character. Um, and this, there's an issue with this character that I could go on about with all these, with all these Marvel movies that they do this, where they take a character, a villain, and they just like use them, they don't use like very many attributes about the actual villain, and they just kind of do whatever the fuck they want with it, Um, uh, mm-hmm. and they, it ends up just devolving into CG monster. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, and honestly, not even just CG monster because Taskmaster and Black Widow is very bland as well. Which Taskmaster has powers and and things that I thought made it cool, made that character cool, and it just ends up being bland when you kind of like sand off all the edges, and it's just generic villain. It's either generic humanoid villain or generic CG monster villain, and this movie yeah. has generic CG monster villain, apparently voiced by Bill Skarsgård. Fuck if I knew that. Uh, yeah, I, I saw his name in the credits. And I was he, like, who the fuck he, was he? He's got five <laughs> lines. Bro's got like five lines. Um, <laughs> he, we don't really even understand his motivation at all. We just know he's trying to evolve. I think he's trying to make his species survive. Um, like, mm-hmm. um, And then he just kind of shows up at the end and while they're trying to stop the birth thing. And we, we don't really even know why. The Eternals start immediately joining together the ones that are fighting join together to fight crow for like a second and then athena ends up fighting it one-on-one and just no no
1: payoff to anything is so the marvel p pe- like the marvel thing for a while was just you're just the villain is just another a bad version of the main character like that's what like black panther it was that's what it was with the hulk that's what it was with iron man so it was a lot of the. Marvel- for a bit there. And then this one, you know, it's like the deviance is essentially supposed to be like the you know, the then what is it, the negative eternal or whatever. Um and it, it they start doing this power stealing stuff and then he starts shape shifting to get more humanoid. And I'm like, all right, so that's they're literally just doing the you're same trying thing to evolve
0: I figure they're trying to evolve to survive. Is what I was yeah, out yeah. of it. And he's like the sentient one. He's the smart sentient the most evolved one. So he's trying yeah. to like bring i got I got it. It just didn't even need to be in the film. You could have just had them be generic deviants um, yeah
1: well what I was gonna say was is i i didn't mean like story wise I just meant like like creation wise like that's what Marvel usually does. I was like, oh man this is gonna be just he's gonna end up sucking up all the powers of like half of them and he'll just be eternals versus a big like a powerful eternal essentially and didn't uh, even do instead. That. Yeah, they completely squandered the power stealing thing that that they uh built up for the whole first half of the movie. It just turned it into just... a
0: Thena revenge plot.
1: Yeah, it, he just shows up and gets murked and then that's it. And all like it would have been, I thought when he showed up it's like, "Oh, he's going to help the Eternals kill Icarus because he doesn't want to die from the Emergence." And, when he, and has, no. he has he has he has what's
0: his name's juice in him. He's got Gilgamesh's juice. Uh, Gilgamesh's Yeah,
1: yeah. Juice. and it just wasted it's so it was a wasted plot was it it like, very if you, frustrating if coro would have teamed up with the eternals to fight icarus and then after everything got stopped and then it became a new conflict thing like i think that could have been a little bit cooler or at least just have crow right off into the sunset or whatever or just not have him in the movie at all just have it to be regular old deviants um but yeah it was that's my honestly worst part of the movie hands down the worst part of the movie
0: yeah, it was very frustrating, and it's just like when you have a movie that's long and there's obvious obvious sections. I I think that he must have been a bigger part of it, and they just like cut it down to this much. But they should have just cut it the whole way. It could have made mm-hmm. it a generic deviant, and then we could have just been solely focused on stopping, you know, at the 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 baby emergence, the celestial baby. Yeah, and uh, and then we find out that we still can still have the Icarus twist be s- somewhat effective um uh uh we gotta wrap up on this so uh uh let's go on to the scores i can honestly talk about this a bit longer, but uh mm-hmm. we gotta move on um so, uh, i i don't know like i think potential but missed missed the mark mm-hmm. is the the one phrase, the one sentence review for this movie. what do you give eternals Anything, I, any closing I, I, statement?
1: i enjoyed the themes they were going for i love the concept of is it worth killing billions to create trillions i enjoy that there's de- there's there's a good movie in here but it falls short in a lot of ways i'm i'm optimistically giving it a three but i, I can't see believe this as a two a i can I, see this as a two
0: i'm giving it a two um, I think three is a bit much, especially when I'd like Shang-Chi, I would give a three. So this movie is not as good as that. Gotcha, Even gotcha. Captain Marvel, I gave a two and a
1: half. <laughs> Black Widow, I also gave a two. I like um, this better than Captain Marvel. I did not like Captain Marvel Captain at all. Mar- so here's um, my,
0: look, I don't want to get into this. I really shouldn't get into this. But the,
1: Captain <laughs> Marvel
0: was not that bad. It's just, it was um, extremely formulaic. It was fun. You know what it was though? Fun. And this, mm. it was not fun. Um, the Captain Marvel was bad. Like the '90s thing was bad. Like it was half-ass. The '90s thing is half-assed, and so many other things. But yeah, I just that, didn't like
1: how Brie Larson was written. Like I like Brie Larson, but uh, the this, way her character was written, regardless me
0: off. of it, regardless. I I didn't I didn't think that. Um, I just uh, I think that movie deserves a, a come back to away from all the hype when it came out because people were given some bad takes. But that movie is entertaining and fun on the level of the action and the, mm. the what's happening. And it's formulaic as all hell, but I still liked it better than this. And I liked it better than Black Widow. So, yeah, two out of five for me. But let's move on to Nomadland. And this is a movie that I fucking very much enjoyed. I was, just- You had me pre- after, so let me just going into this after watching Eternals and after you told me that you watched it with your roommate and your girlfriend and neither of them liked it after your roommate suggested it, I was a little worried, um, that it was going to be a slow, so super, I was expecting super slow burn, pretty much the A 24 special. This is not Mm -hmm. a 24 is uh, searchlight, but, um, you know, Beautiful landscapes, painting landscapes, you know, little, very little plot, just it's seeing this woman's life on the road. And that's essentially what it was, but it actually was much more interesting and and uh, interesting than I thought it was going to be. Like, I would put this film, um, it's just kind of in the lane of uh, Sound of Metal or uh, Florida Project, where it's like, I don't know if you've seen either of those films. Even mm-hmm. i've I, heard about florida project uh, oh i thought you did for some reason but they're very mm. much like you're a slice of life we're living with um florida project you know is poor, poor uh, kids living in a uh living in a motel in Kissimmee, florida near disney world and willem Dafoe is like you know there's like a veteran actor and they're like living their day-to-day life and it's very very slice of life but it's like you know poor people and this side of America that you don't see every day. And that is exactly what I thought about this film. The, the, the energy of it, it, it wasn't, um, it had some energy. Like there was, I was interested in, in the, the dialogue, but the, the most interesting part of it, which is, is based on a nonfiction book. Um, is this world of these people that travel the country and they they are just transient and they they take seasonal jobs and they they move from area to area and they they live out of their excuse me live out of a van or a trailer or what have you and um it's it seems like a really uh and there's like this uh a big thing in the film is death, and like these people are kind of go out here to find themselves and to find, you know, some closure in the li- later stages of their lives. A lot of these people are in their fifties, sixties, seventies, and uh, it was really sweet. Uh, it was very sad. This movie is very sad, um, but uh, it's very special to me. I I know. I know. I'll pass it back to you, but. Uh, riss's family uh my girlfriend they, they like to go camping they have a camp they're up there all the time yeah anyone who has that like has spent a, uh spent a, a decent amount of time at a camp uh, like somebody's camp it feels like a home that is like a home to them and you can see like you, people could just live here all the time and then there's literally people at these campgrounds that do live here all the time um and that's their life like they don't have a house they live uh, at the campground uh, with their little trailer and their you know fire pit and their picnic bench and all that and they they make it really nice and they they modify their shit and they make it as nice as anybody's house just small um and just that energy is taken even further with you know they're on the road and they are um you know, experiencing different parts of the country and finding mm-hmm. themselves out there. And yeah, this is a excellent, excellent film.
1: Yeah. This movie said, uh, or not said, this movie was a lot to me. It's, uh, is I'm a, I'm what a self-proclaimed material girl. And, uh, this movie is to me is just essentially, what do you, when you have nothing left, what do you do with your life? And you just find like watching Francis McDormand, just, just get by day to time and just fi- slowly find more meaning. More meaning. By the end of it, you know she's able to let go with certain things, and it's just uh, God. It's so sad, but it's so good. And it's, there's so many things to say about this movie. Um, but it uh, ultimately, for me, it all hints Francis McDermott's phenomenal performance. It just really sells the reality of this character and this whole lifestyle with yeah, the, in, in the combination of the non actors with it.
0: Yeah, she's a per, she's a perfect uh, cast for a role like this. Um, but yeah, a lot of the film is non actors. I would say mo- mm. m- the majority, the large majority of film are, of the film are non actors. Um, it's set up in 2011. Um, she's uh, her character's name's Fern. She uh, lives in a in Empire, Nevada, a, and works at a US gypsum plant. And the plant shuts down, which apparently owns the majority of the town. Um and uh, the employees, the majority of the people, and without that plant, the town literally doesn't exist. Like they erase the zip code, they evict all the people in the town, and they have to move and go other places. Um, we also find out that her husband uh, recently died. Um, so uh, that seems to be the the closure, the thing that she's not quite over and is grappling with throughout the film. Um, is the loss of her husband, Bo um so the she starts out taking a job at amazon and when i saw the amazon stuff i was like wow are they gonna delve into this and they don't at all it does there's no commentary on capitalism or amazon there is a little yeah. bit with the poor like bob wells gives a speech about uh yeah. of the dollar and how it's not worth as much and you got to remember in 2011 this is the towards the tail end of the uh the recession um mm-hmm. and uh jobs were tight in a lot of these areas and um these old factories are shut down are shutting down. Um as the economy's transitions to new things and um it's rough. It's rough on these in the Midwest, these Midwest towns when there's all that all that's around there. I guess she's from in Nevada, it's not even the Midwest. Um yeah. I don't know why it felt like that because of the snow, maybe. Mm-hmm. But um but yeah, she meets all these people and she meets this world and culture of of nomads is what they call themselves and uh this this guy bob wells who's a real who's like the real organizer of this stuff this movement um he like there's these youtube videos and they have these meetups and and they teach each other things and they trade goods and and they they help each other you know with their vehicles and and and, yeah basic survival skills and uh, it's super fascinating, it's super fascinating, and I could see you know just we just dropping it all and hitting the road. you know people talk about it I, Our dad's talked about it many times um, yeah. and uh it's i think he I, I don't know if he could have the attention span for the movie like this, but i, I think our mom would would love would have loved it um, oh a hundred percent and I think she would cried her eyes out there yes, this. and I think dad would at least like the uh culture. Um, mm. he would be interested in that because um, you you hear these testimonies good. and mm. uh, the one that stood out to me was the the woman whose husband died and she's like he had liver failure and he died and he got that he got a sailboat and he never took the sailboat out of the uh, the driveway. And she's like, I don't want that to be me. And she's like, this is my snail- sailboat. You know, this is mm-hmm. little car. And someone said they're living out of a Prius. Did you hear that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. The two,
1: two gallon bucket.
0: <laughs> um, like, how are you sleeping in that thing? Is the, the I slept in I... the
1: Prius a ton in college when I, like, didn't, I didn't have enough gas car, to get, man. uh, back in college when I was uh, commuting and I didn't have enough gas to get back to my, uh, where I was staying in Oakland to get back to class. I would just park in the sheets, uh, carpool like park and ride thing and just sleep overnight and have enough gas to have the heat running overnight like it's possible and i'm a big guy i'm four, but uh it's not comfortable i imagine yeah But like when she said oh, it made perfect
0: sense because like the cheap gas and uh mm-hmm. and, like this is all you have like you could live uh, live in this thing for forever um, especially now the new priuses van.
1: have all-wheel drive um but yeah what what do you got what are you where are you at with all this I so I I saw this first when it came out in February and rewatched it this week for this obviously and it, I the first thing I thought was like, man I forgot how sad the movie was because I think the the first time I watched it I am just enveloped by the scenery and just how wild the whole concept is and um and like you you brought up like Amazon and not diving into it but it's just because it's 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 just. It's not about that. It's just a. This is the only job you can get is a seasonal thing. It's at a a big seasonal corporation. job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, it's just, it's just, it's all setting. Everything in this is just setting for the characters to just grow and exist in. And like talking about, I, I, I before the podcast started, I had mentioned like the link between these movies is like they're both um just mainly about people but the the big thing about this one is is you have only a handful of people you need to focus on mainly just one kind of two or two other ones uh and giving these people all this room to grow and there's no exposition needed and you're just like living with them it's so immersive and it's uh and man i just uh when you were talking in the beginning i started tearing up because i was remembering all the scenes with like swanky and stuff and it's just like it it's so this movie is so moving, and it I does, think so. It is the perfect, uh, I would say, example for how to do proper like immersion and character development in a film, especially when you're doing one that's based primarily around just one person for the entire thing. Um, it's just there's uh, all the, the the themes of just letting go and finding, and same like Eternals, finding purpose in your life and, and all that stuff. It's just done so much better here and, and i, I it, it, it's
0: hard for me to compare them because of how big and how many characters and how much is mm-hmm. it's hard for me to compare them but this this feel like i said this reminds me more of the you know the the indie stylings of our time um mm-hmm. uh it fits more with that to me um but uh I, it's hard for me to see the connective tissue with the two films and i'm i'm and if you do then it, it, i don't doubt that it exists but um but, yeah, it's it felt like night and day, and I was just so invested in this world. And, and yeah, we can talk about Swanky, but we, we meet this older woman, and she's kind of got a sl- her arm in a sling, and, um, you know, we meet her first just when they're eating, and then we, we get little bits of her, and then we get a little more, and then uh, we get to a point where uh, Fern's van uh, gets a flat, and she has to ask Swanky for a ride into town to get a tire swanky gives her this big old speech that you could die out here and you need to you know you need to make sure you have everything you need and you need to take this seriously this isn't just a joke and um then we find out that she has that she's given all her things away and you know whatever and then we slowly find out that she has cancer um she has only about seven months to live and uh she tells the story about this place in alaska where she saw these swallows like coming out of their nests and it was just so beautiful. And she wanted to get there before she died. And, uh, and you know, a few, uh, about two thirds of the way through the movie, she sends Fern a video, uh, and she, she made it and it's so beautiful. Like even just talking about it, it's get wrenching me up. It's, it's really, I, like, Yeah. It's, it's really, really sad. It's really sad. And, uh, but it's really sweet cause she's a really nice woman. And, uh, you know, it's, this is a thing that we're all got to deal with. And, um uh, obviously I thought about our mother who passed away a couple of years ago. Um, I can't believe it's already been almost, uh, it was like at least a year and a half. Um, yeah. And, uh, and just, you know, this is something we're all going to deal with and, and, you know, seeing all these people in their, as I said, the, their late stages of life kind of grappling with death together. Uh, I feel like that's a lot about what this is about. Um, It's not overt, but uh, every testimony has someone saying the word definite Mm. Uh, or someone has cancer. Someone got, you know, I had lost a loved one. My son died. My uh, somebody, they lost somebody and they're getting old themselves and they're just out here trying to, you know, find things that are beautiful about the world and experiencing them while they still can. And, Oh, it's it, the swanky thing is just so powerful. Um, And uh, at the very end of the film, you know, she said so much. She, she hopes that all of her friends, you know, when she passes, they throw a rock in the fire and remember her. And that's what they all do. And it's it's a really it's a really sweet scene.
1: Um Yeah. The that with the the Bob Wells thing about his whole at the end of the movie he he talks about the like um you know everyone who's ever come through here you know I don't we never say final goodbyes it's I'll see you down the road and whether yeah. it be a month a year or a couple years I see them and so he his his son killed himself and he was talking about how like so he's for certain that you know he'll see his son again down the road and like having the swanky death thing and he uh, coupled with that like little conversation with fern at the end it just crushed me well there's it's- a lot of there's
0: a lot of conversations or a lot of talk about people departing like and departing to mm-hmm. mean you know friends that you part ways with and never see again you know friends you meet on the road and you and just in passing or or you might like you said you might see them in a few months you might see them in a few years you might never see them again um and you know it, it, the departing can mean departing this world or you know just leaving your life. Mm-hmm. And there's multiple ways. In that, and it just talks about you know nothing's ever forever, and um, you'll see them again, and um, down the road. And it's just like a it's a nice way to think about you know time and death. And yeah, it's interesting that time is a time and death are a part of this film. I would say as well, mm-hmm. not in the uh not in the same way but um it's almost like yeah the eternals are gods and they can't die but uh this is just people mortals you know regular regular joes grappling with with the the ultimate unknown uh and it's it's powerful
1: i I think a a lot of that speaks to just the whole nomad uh thing in in itself because you're it's always new beginnings everywhere you every time you leave Place, it's a new beginning, it's a new job, a new career thing for yeah, it's also a yeah. But it's all you're departing, see you down the road. But it's like it's like uh I looked at a lot of it as like uh, rebirth, like death and rebirth, where okay. it's the end of an era, starting new beginning. Um and like I think that's the allure as well, on top of just obviously seeing the beautiful scenery and getting taking in all this stuff in your life. But for some people like like with Francis McDermott's character, she gets into a point where she has a place to stay, there's a guest house and she's she has a, a, a male companion. i I think more of a friend i don't think it's anything beyond that Um, yeah
0: i want to talk about that but uh but yeah
1: but he uh uh you know she has all these things but she just she she can't do that forever she can't do one thing it has to be uh it's like a cycle of just starting over starting fresh every time to just fill your purpose and, and create new purpose new wants new needs and all that stuff and i uh it's I, like always it just,
0: running it's like you're always running yeah yeah but you're running it, what are it, you it, running from
1: yeah yeah on a smaller scale it reminded me a lot of the stuff that i like i ham with things where i and i think you are too we we are a product of we we do something until we're completely burned out of it and then abandon and start i want something nothing new and move to do on. with it yeah yeah um
0: yeah there's definitely like a running from running away from your problems from your past from you know the things that you can't accept Um, for Fern, it is the loss of her husband and her town, her, which very much like, it feels like she's lost her past, I think. Mm Um, and she, she's kind of just like, I'm going to keep running until I figure this out. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, I think I'm ready to talk about Dave. Um, there's a love interest. I would, I would call it a love interest, but I, it doesn't develop. Um, because, because, um. and I recognize that actor. I think he's worked a long time, but I think I saw him in The Sopranos. He has an affair with, Car- uh, with Carm in The Sopranos. But so I, I never, uh, it was fine, whatever. I thought it was going to be like they were going to have a relationship. She kind of can't let go of her husband long enough to, to go past friends with him, but she really, you know, he really likes her. And, um, we find out that his son is rich and has a fucking farm and a guest house. And like, he doesn't, he could have just ended this anytime he wanted to, but Fern, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't have that freedom. And I think there's a little bit of something there, but they don't really delve into it. Um, and she's just like, I can't stay here. I can't, she seems to have problems sleeping. She mentions it to her sister, who she has to bum for money, uh, because her van breaks down she i can't sleep here, I can't sleep in this bed, and it's almost like she can't even sleep in a regular home because she's mm-hmm. lost her home she's lost yeah. like she visits her home back in Empire and it's empty and it's fucked up and what- and whatever um and she's just she hasn't got over it and uh so she's you know gonna keep on keep on keeping on until mm-hmm. she either gets over it or she dies um and uh... I thought
1: I thought the thing with Dave though is not is uh I like that they don't go beyond anything and I like that turn down because it's just it's driving home even more that just like not not the lifestyle itself but just like how dealing with stuff and dealing with the grief and all that is uh is so gripping and powerful that even when you have like a way to kind of make everything better on the surface it's that doesn't fix what's internal Um, because afterwards she goes back home and she sells everything in her storage unit um, and just finally lets go and it's like it created this like sense of closure for her having those moments with Dave at his at his kids place and
0: uh, it helped her work through some things on
1: her yeah own. yeah but when the the I think I think it's the final shot of the movie or it's one of the final shots but she goes to her home and she goes because she, she talked about uh, to Dave about their old house it's there's nothing in their way between their house and the mountains there's their whole backyard was just desert for until the mountains and then you get to see that and she walks out into the backyard and just walks into the desert and it's just like it was so powerful because i just i took it it was like i took it as like the still your oyster regardless of where you're at and your age there's just there's nothing in your way um which i don't know if that's how it was intended to be taken but uh it's just uh like that plus all of the context of her and her and Bo and and the, and the town and everything just all in that moment and that shot just oh my god i was i was tearing up um, I will say that the Dave era
0: of the, the Dave period of the movie is where it starts to drag a little bit for me, it's particularly once they got to the the son's house, I started like, you know, that's when I started looking at the clock a little bit. Um, but mm-hmm. then once they moved on from Dave, she had that big scene where she's kind of like on a cliff and there's like a, mm-hmm. there's like um, waves crashing and it's like a very mm-hmm. this cathartic kind of moment with, for her. Um, and, uh, yeah, that I like. I I got back into it through the end from there, but that was like the one moment that uh, I don't know why. I can't even say why, but it started to drag a little bit for me. I was. I think I wanted to see her go to new places and mm. see new people, and I and I realized that the movie wasn't gonna do that anymore, and we were just gonna mm-hmm. go to Dave's. And then re and then the cycle starts over again and and mm-hmm. that's kind of where we're at for the at the end of the film as we see that the 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 season cycle has come back to the beginning and she works at Amazon and again and and whatnot um but yeah I I think that I don't like I said that's my only critique um mm-hmm. it it doesn't but this is it's a great movie um I actually when you said that it came out earlier this year i didn't even realize that i thought it came out last year because of the oscar it got but it must have just so
1: you know. it screened at a film festival in in september 2020 yeah but it didn't premiere for because, because the of public. the pandemic it never hit theaters that's um, why that's why it's weird it yeah it went to it went to hulu exclusively at first uh yeah that's what i watched uh, in it february Oh, yeah, that,
0: that's had, what I watched. I thought Hulu didn't do more didn't do like better resolution than like seven twenty or ten eighty, but it mine
1: was my They finally 4K. are now starting to support four K as of this year. Uh, yeah, that no what. Very I, rare. I, I noticed was it
0: must yeah, it must just be for specific things.
1: Yeah. Because Hulu um, is still the like one of the worst streaming qualities. But uh they're finally they announced they're gonna start supporting HDR next year. So uh,
0: good for them again. I don't want to uh I just been we could probably do an episode just about streaming services but uh man um Hulu is honestly one of the ones I actually watch use because the everything's yeah. become so diluted um HBO Hulu are the two I probably watch the most uh, I used to watch Amazon Prime the most but then they their video selection has gone way down um, Yeah But I, I'm uh, yeah yeah sorry <laughs> I mean if you want to give a quick take on that I, I unfairly spoke about it
1: Oh, no, I was just going to say that we we pretty much just do Netflix and Hulu. Uh, and then when HBO Max, or when HBO Max has like, something new coming out, we'll go on there. Um, but there's so much. HBO Max intimidates me because there's such a big backlog of awesome HBO shows, and I just don't know where to start.
0: Yeah, just, let me just
1: help you. The Wire.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's the best one. They <laughs> have a ton of great shows, new and old. Yeah. But The Wire is the best show ever
1: made. Uh <laughs>
0: I love a lot of HBO shows. Um, if you want comedies, Righteous Gemstones is a new one I love. I
1: still got to watch the last season of Vice Principles.
0: Oh, yeah. That reminds me. We want to watch that. Um, we well, are We are just about to catch up with Succession, which is, you want to watch that? You got Game of Thrones. So yeah. many good shows. Succession's fantastic. Um, but all right. I, I feel I feel like we didn't talk about this movie nearly as much as the other film, but that's because... This film is shorter. This film is like, uh, you can really hit on the themes pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, it spends a lot of time on, you know, living in the world of what we described. Is there anything that you want to, uh, that want to touch on with this that we did not yet?
1: Um. So the main, uh, what I was gonna say was, this is one of my notes. Was the uh, the main speaking role non actors were Linda May Swanky and who Swanky Bob is still Wells. alive in real life. Yes, and Bob Wells. Yes, but Swanky's not dead in real life. it's just, uh, just her character in the movie is, but uh, but they are terrific. For being non actors, they felt so real. Well, obviously the real, but they felt so real. I, and I uh,
0: there was even just like a there was like a lot of people talking in this movie where you could tell that like the they just had the camera set up and just like mm-hmm. asked them the real life question, like like just mm-hmm. straight up test them. It felt like a documentary
1: at times. Yeah
0: um and it with it speaks to the nonfiction adaptation um that's part of the power of it is how real it feels um sound Mm -hmm. of metal and florida project also do this and i don't know if we'll get the chance to do those on the show i would love to at some point but our list is a mile long um but those show those movies are, are if you like this i would suggest florida project and also to a lesser extent sound of metal because uh, it's like Sound of Metal is about deaf people, um, the deaf experience, and like a drum, a metal drummer going deaf, and he has to like go to classes and schools and, and get therapy, and it's really powerful. Mm-hmm. And Florida Project I described already, and it's just it's slice, it's the slice of life, like this, um, we're getting a, a look at this element of American culture or culture in general. Um, and it is a fat. it's something that you probably even realize exists but because you don't see it with your eyes you don't see how visceral it is um, and how powerful it is it's you know it it doesn't have that impact that it does here um what are you giving
1: nomad land uh four and a half but i'm trying i, I want to give it a five but i f- just for some reason feel like i don't there's something about it that's keeping me from like I like Mulhari better and I gave that a five. But Minari, I it's Minari? Just, Minari, sorry. Minari. Uh a five. And uh and I'm just trying to think of why I this I like it better and I can't think of a reason. I might give it a five. I might change it to a five. But as of now I'm saying four and a half. It's really fucking good.
0: I'm giving it a four. Um, I know I didn't really critique it that much, but I the uh, the, the 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 Dave area, like I said, dragged for me. Um and I and I feel like uh and that's my and I did cry. Like I, there were the swanky stuff got me and some of these people's testimonies, but I don't know. Uh, um I don't know. I don't know. It feels like a four to me. This is the score screams a four to me. So that's what I'm giving it. Um were they the best
1: picture of the year?
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean I I yeah. saw let's actually we could touch on that real quick because I've seen a few of those films. Um
1: the um, real quick about the cinematography of this movie. Yeah, for how much way. of this feels like while you're looking this up, the uh, how much of this movie feels like kind of docu running gun. So much of it looks like it was just perfectly well prepared. Um, and a lot of it I was looking into is just um, time of day lighting where it's natural light, but you they wait for the perfect time of day to shoot it so they can just shoot it as beautiful. Oh, yeah, and natural There's a lot of sunrises and setups. sunsets.
0: A lot of sunrises yeah. and sunsets. Mm
1: and uh, working that way is like it's cheaper but it adds more time because you if you didn't yeah, you, did you have to wait. The first yeah. day you have to wait a whole nother day um so which it's like a trade-off because it's like all right do we don't need as much lighting equipment and as much crew for that but at the same time we got to pay everybody else for more days Extra if we days. didn't get it. Mm-hmm. So it it's a it's a toss-up but man it's, it just it feels like it was lit like lit but not not because it feels like like sourcy or anything like that it just it just looked that good it feels like it's uh, like it was just professionally like big budget lighting it's so uh, so visually stunning it's a lot of just visually stunning things lately
0: so the um so it beat out for best picture uh the father judas and the black messiah mank minari promising young woman I can't i feel like that pick is not aging as well uh, Sound of Metal and The Trial of the Chicago 7, which I heard is decent. It's got a guy from Succession in it, so I want to see it. Um, I've seen Judas and the Black Messiah, Minari, and Sound of Metal. Um, I honestly think Minari is the best of all those. Um, mm-hmm. That's my pick. Uh, I think, but I think this is better than the other two. Um, I really want to see Mank, but I feel like you can't see Mank if we haven't seen um, Citizen Kane. So we'll just have, to, we got to do eventually when we got a dead period to, um, Near King. King. I, I think that
1: movie is so boring. We watched this. I'm one Citizen of the few, King? like, I understand what it did. Yeah. I know what it did for the, for, for I heard it still holds up. I heard that it holds up. <sighs> we watched it in college, a couple like multiple classes in college. I had to watch it. And, I feel like I just, that oh, you have, boring. that you have bad
0: experience with the films that you were made to watch in college. Like, cause I know you have also horrible association with a racer head and yeah. uh which all you say the exact same thing when someone brings up a racer head so i'm curious yeah. because i mean we've just watched I mean, we watched other old flicks i guess the only old flicks we've watched recently are like night of the living dead but uh hmm. I, I everything i've seen from citizen kane looks really interesting so i am excited to to do that at some point they orson wells they talk about it, is one of the most uh yeah revolutionary it, it dudes. pioneered
1: films in general, like being like how it is cut, how the story is told, and everything is the like blueprint from what modern film became. Do you That's have why a, it's so good and big? Do you have that a lot of exploring.
0: experience? Do you have a lot of films of that age that you do like? Um, because that I think that is an issue. It's like if you don't like, have you have not experienced a lot of classic films that you've liked? Yeah, that I got to think of how of old it. that
1: film actually is. Um, was I, it, I is that from the fifties? Before, I think or 60s. early 60s i think early 60s yeah no it might be sixties. Uh, yeah of that era probably like i've no, watched a lot of silent my films god
0: 1941 stuff. look at us there uh, it is, is god, damn.
1: Say, you know. was, how little we know i've seen a lot of black and white um silent film stuff it's mostly all comedy stuff and i always like that like i've been down to the war hall to do uh the live piano accompaniment for a, a couple of silent films and those are always fun uh, and I enjoy that. It's just, I think it's just a product of the environment I watched it in. Like Eraserhead, where it was like... a Racerhead. it was just... Fun, our teacher cranked the surround sound in our classroom, and it was just nails on a chalkboard for an hour and a half, which is yeah, awful. Yeah, sound of that movie, I still... Because um, I, like like, I love Lynch, and, like, and I think he's phenomenal. One of my favorite directors, and that movie's great. Uh, visually and, and thematically, is nuts. It's just... Uh, and the sound design is what... like is what everyone reveres that movie for, but I hate right, watching right. it because of that. sound.
0: <laughs> We're going on a tangent. We're going on a tangent.
1: Sorry, uh, but I started it,
0: but, uh, but yeah, let's one day we will do it. That's all you got to know. So, yeah. um, so yeah, what, uh, do you got? Any, I guess let's wrap it up. You got anything else?
1: no um no just go see it go see it and go see yeah. eternals too no just you not, don't not have because it's to. You great. Do not
0: have to go see eternals if you want to, to eternals
1: go see to it. Mar- i see it so that marvel can keep get letting directors spread their wings a little more even if it didn't work this time it's uh i don't want to get go back to the marvel formula nonstop. all right
0: let me look at the calendar for next week but while I'm doing that, make sure you guys you know like, subscribe, and follow, and all those things. It helps boost our signal, so more people can see the pod. And uh, oh wow, actually, I think we have an open we have an open slot next week. Oh, yeah, I just saw it on the calendar. I wish I would have looked at that before. Um, if there's any, well, let's fucking do it. Let's do it, Citizen Kane and Manc.
1: No, <laughs> you, no we don't have to if there's something that you No, did, i'm because I'm, i have heard so many people in in my industry talk about mank so i would love to to do it just so i know what the hubbub's about all right if you want to do it
0: uh yeah i'm down i would like to do an old film i feel like we that is our weakest area is mm-hmm. like black and white era um just 60s pre-70s i think is our um is what we are we know the least about so i'm very interested in knowing about this
1: Rosebud, baby. Rosebud. That's all you need to know. Right. Rosebud.
0: Yeah, Rosebud. All right, man. All right, everybody. Have a good, have a good week. We'll see you next one. And uh, start studying your Orson Welles. He's an interesting character, so I feel like we could even spend a little time talking about his crazy ass. Yeah. Do you ever I'm see that? Uh, do you ever see there's a there is a um, a wine commercial that they got Orson Welles to try to do a spokes do a spokesman thing for. Uh, and he's hammered in the commercial, and they just—it's like bloopers, (laughs) like they're doing the takes, and he's fucking it up every time. He's just kind of like making it up off the top of his head, and it's—he's—he's so hammered. He's really fat at this point. Um, it's just not that—that's a problem, but but he just—he looks a lot different than Citizen Kane, Orson Welles. It's not War of the Worlds, Orson Welles, but I think I really somebody I want to dig into a little bit biographically, so that Mm -hmm. actually could be interesting. But all right, I've said enough. Y'all have a good week. Cool. See you. Peace.